You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. It's the Locked On Hornets Podcast, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. I feel like we got a bunch of little things to talk about today. We do have some content. It's not the best content in the world, but... We've got some content coming from the Charlotte Hornets. We've got tweets from Miles Bridges again. We've got moves being made by the Hornets. We've got some things to break down about what they might do with their roster heading into the season. We've got some NBA news. David Griffin comments on LeBron James and when he was running the Cleveland Cavaliers organization. I find that interesting. And also, we got a preseason schedule and somewhat of an interesting first game that the Charlotte Hornets are going to play. So we've got all that to get uh, to break down. We also have new equipment that I'm working with. Doug keeps sending equipment to me to try to make this podcast better. I am becoming a lot more familiar with all sorts of technology. But my favorite piece of, I don't even know if you call it technology, just a piece of equipment. This iPhone stand that I have right now that Doug sent to me <laughs> is awesome. And so... <laughs> It's, you're, it's you're just, just a, so you're so impressed by the little things. It's 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 very it's very endearing how, the most, how impressed it, you are by the little things. It's just interesting because you've you've given me this iPhone stand that hooks on your desk, mm-hmm. and the flexibility of the actual stand itself doesn't it doesn't seem like it would be as flexible as it is with the material it's made out of, and yet you can move it in any direction you want to, and I can. Like I didn't think using the phone as my video source would be something that would be uh, successful. I didn't think it would be all that great. I thought it would be fine, but I didn't think it would be as good as I want it to be. But this really is very nice looking at you through the uh, through my screen on my phone. So you're saying that the phone holder is sneaky athletic. It's kind of like the it's the the Big Al <laughs> phone holder. Like you just didn't expect it to do. Was some Big of the Al sneaky athletic doing. though? I don't think we can say. I think it's he was. No, totally. Oh, when that's was, crazy. When he was making those no post way. moves. Come on now. Oh Come no, that now. wasn't sne- There, there was nothing sneaky athletic about Al Jefferson. I think that you is- have to ask all those people he juked out on the left block about that. <laughs> we have to, we have to go with something stereotypical, right? Like I remember when Jeremy Lin talked about how ridiculous it was that he was deceptively quick. Remember when he said, "I don't even know what that means." Deceptively quick. What does that even mean? It well, means course, no that you're either white or not black. And you're saying this means. is how I athletic mean, if they you knew are. what that means. They that's would actually what makes be it quick. In, that's what is hilarious to me. Like Al Jefferson was good on the block. I don't think he was. I, put it on the poll. Put it on the poll, Guillermo. Was Al Jefferson deceptively quick? Because I'm going to say a hard no. You've tried to tell me non-athletic people are athletic a couple of times on this podcast. I think you tried to tell me Jabari Parker was pretty fast for Watch his out. size. Watch out. The way he runs the floor, I'm telling you. Now, you know, a lot of other times where he's not running very fast, but there are some times where he, where he can get up and down. I think, I think we actually I didn't say he had endurance. So see, you, see, you think I'm saying he has endurance. You, you, you think no. I think that he can run you know, like a really fast 10K. I'm just no, telling I, you that he can get up and down the floor pretty quickly. I think we also tried to create a race between Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker because you said the same thing about Bobby Portis being faster than he looks. Yeah, this is I, just I like just this think- is just like the Democratic uh, <laughs> debates. You are dragging things up from several years ago, just throwing it in my face. What are you, are you running attack ads on me right now? I mean, well, I'm sorry that I'm the front runner of this podcast, and you are just trying to bring me down. 
Go to DougBransonLies.com. That's D-O-U-G-B-R-A-N-S-O-N. No, go to Doug30303330. Underscore emoji, smiley face emoji. Dot biz. Hashtag. That wasn't insane. Why would you even do that? That was a lit. Why my, Joe? My actual, my actual website is I saw Biombo do the Eurostep <laughs> dot biz. Uh, we need to fact check that as well. Let's get to the preseason schedule because that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. We do have an interesting game, Doug. It, it's October 6th. It's at TD Garden of all places. First game that they've got. It's going to be Boston. in Boston. Six o'clock. You can't watch it on TV, but you not. can listen to it on the radio. You can watch so, it, not on TV. There were probably, if it's in Boston, that means you know you got to do a little internet research, but you might be able to watch it illegally. What on well, the dark qua- on the quasi, dark sites? I like to prefer. I prefer to call it quasi legal. Well, you can do whatever you want to. I'm not going to endorse it, but you can watch if you want, I guess. But you can certainly listen to it at six o'clock. In Boston, going up against, of course, Kemba Walker, who will be playing his first ever organized basketball game. Not a regular season game, but a preseason game going up against the Charlotte Hornets. And anything there, Doug, like, is that interesting at all to you to see Kemba going up against the Hornets because it's preseason? I mean, I'm more interested to see Terry Rozier go up against the Boston Celtics. I mean, there's <laughs> there's clearly much more acrimony between Terry Rozier and the Boston Celtics than there was uh, between the Kimball Walker and the Charlotte Hornets. So it'll be weird, obviously, to see Kimba in another jersey, but I'm interested to see it'll be our first look at at Scary Terry and how, you know, how you know juiced up he is to play the, his old team. Playing against Boston October 6th, playing against Miami in the Spectrum Center October 9th. That'll be 7:30. Again, you can listen to that on the radio, but you can't watch that on TV. Uh, October eleventh. It will be Philadelphia. They'll be playing them in Winston-Salem, Lawrence Joel Coliseum, 7.30. You can watch that on TV. You can listen to it on the radio and watch it on TV. You can watch it on Fox Sports Southeast. What are you doing with your camera? You just you just gave me a camera angle. I, I kind of glanced <laughs> up as I was reading the schedule, and you were pointing the camera in a direction that seemed a little naughty at no, the no, time. No, no, like, no. That was Hugo. What are we doing? Was the, the Hugo oh. came. Hugo's <laughs> chilling on the floor right now. <laughs> I could see. I could just see it, official a mascot of the show. I had to. He had is to the give official mascot. Love. He's just. I feel like Hugo is always chilling. I've seen Hugo on a camera a few times, and he's always just hanging out, laying down on the couch well, or laying down on the floor. You know what they say that that pets uh, begin after a while to resemble the nature of their owners, <laughs> and uh, very much so in the case of Hugo, who just who just likes to chill out and have a good time. October 14th, they'll be playing. Uh, let, no, let's talk about a little bit Philadelphia. Uh, they're going to be playing them at Winston-Salem. We can remember last year they actually played a game in the Dean Dome. I believe that was against the Boston Celtics, if I'm not mistaken, a preseason game. Uh, again, Winston-Salem, Lawrence Joel Coliseum. You can watch them at 7.30, October 11th, against the Philadelphia 76ers. Did you see the throwback 76ers jerseys, Doug? Because they are tight. Uh, I'll look it up, but uh, I like Philadelphia and Boston being this early in the preseason because it could be a potential playoff matchup, 1-8. I mean, I like it, you know, just getting in there. (laughs) No, no doubt. No, you get to see your opponent a little early, and then you can see exactly how you're going to match up with them um, come the end of the season. Memphis, October 14th at the FedEx Forum. That will be in Memphis. That'll be on the road. Catch that on radio. And finally, October 16th, that will be the last preseason game. They'll be playing Detroit 
That will be in the Spectrum Center, 7 o'clock. That will be one of two games that you can watch on television. That'll be at 7 o'clock once again against Detroit, October 16th. So preseason schedule released and basketball starting, I guess, soon enough at the beginning of August. We'll get it sometime, I guess, early October. I don't even know when the regular season starts, Doug. I feel like it's kind of moved up every single year. Do we get it the first week of October? Sorry, I'm distracted. I'm looking at these pictures of the 76ers' uh, new classic uniforms. These were jerseys that they wore originally in 1970-71. And there's this uh, tweet uh, with some pictures of Ben Simmons showing off the jersey, but he's next to – this is a a Mustang that he's next to, a red Mustang. Jerseys look tight, but I can't get over this picture that I'm looking at here with the jersey uh, next to the Mustang – but it's it's on which by the way Mustang I mean I feel like that's you know you're, it's a little like Detroit Pistonsy for my taste but then I'm looking at this thing and the jersey is on a legitimate like C stand a metal stand used it's like they just grabbed something from the set from the backstage of wherever they were filming this thing or taking these pictures and just use a C stand I you know just production stuff like that gets on my nerves the Memphis Grizzlies throwback uh, classic. I guess they're the new classic jerseys. Those things are awesome as well. I feel like I've seen a couple of them and they both have been hit out of the ballpark. The Memphis Grizzlies, if we're talking just best jerseys of all time, big fan of old Canada jerseys, Toronto and and Vancouver. Those are some of the best jerseys we've ever seen, right? Like the Raptor with the basketball in his hands, as well as the Grizzly coming out at you. The color scheme. Love the color scheme. The 1970-71 Philadelphia 76ers were head coached by Jack Ramsey. And they went 47-35. and 35. They were second in their division, third in the Eastern Conference, eliminated in the semifinals, in case you were wondering. I was. Thank you very much for that factoid. Support for Locked On Hornets comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% at manscaped.com with promo code Locked on. We'll take a quick break. We got some funny tweets. We've got some other basketball things to get to here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Of course, we're presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Hmm. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day. Nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to mend with that now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Still haven't listened to that boys to men version of that song yet, Walker. I need to get on that. Hey, I have a suggestion for you on the, the Manscaped read. Okay, please. If, if I'm you're, all if ears you're open to it, I don't want to presume. I mean, if you're open to suggestions on it, I've got one. I am open to I'm open for uh, a lot of suggestions on that read. I feel like that one was a lot better than because I dove in the first time without really knowing what I was diving into. I was very Stu Gotts like yeah. where you just throw it in my face. I read it and whoa, okay, we're talking about family jewels. All of a sudden, family jewels are in my face and I'm starting to read it. So now you need to go ahead and give me a suggestion. I'm all for it. 
I mean, whenever family jewels are in your face, all of a sudden it can be problematic. Well, that's but, what you did. You threw them right in my face and I just had to read it like well, that. Well, so my suggestion actually revolves around the family jewels. So the read is uh, tools for your family jewels. Love that. But great, how about we make it a thing. little bit? How about we make it a little bit more Hornets themed because this is locked on Hornets, and say tools for your buzz boys. Tools for your buzz boys. Your buzz boys. <laughs> and there's a little buzz manscape. I don't know. Anyway. Oh I just, no, no, I like it. I think I think your boys are getting buzzed, right? Okay. So Let's they're work, buzzed we'll continue boys. To workshop this. I think we're we're coming. We're figuring it out somehow. So um, get twenty percent off. Yeah. To use the equipment to get some buzzed boys. Uh, okay. Let's move uh, on from yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. You're not a fan? I actually thought, what's what's unfortunate, one of the worst things ever is when you go out on a limb and think something is good right. and it's just, and I just not le- received I just left well. You, I just left you hanging. <laughs> like your boys, like your family jewels. Right. Right, like my buzzed boys. Uh, we talked about the preseason <laughs> schedule. <laughs> Let's look at some of the tweets, Doug. Let's get to your tweets finally. Yeah, They're funny tweets. tweets. Miles week. Bridges. Miles Bridges is giving us something funny. Now, what's funny about this is 2K came out with some ratings, and I think we experienced this. If, if you're a video game connoisseur, mm-hmm. you saw that Madden came out with their game. It's very popular right now because it was just released. A lot of NFL players were not happy with their ratings. I don't think you've gotten that as much with 2K ratings, but Madden players or NFL players were not happy with their Madden ratings. It's funny to see Miles Bridges after seeing all of what happened with the NFL and the Madden ratings. Miles Bridges has a rating of 76. And it seems like most people, most Hornets fans, feel like that's a little low. Okay, that's fine. It's probably understandable. But it's funny to see Miles Bridges be so truthful on Twitter where he said, we gonna get in the 80s this season. G-O-N-E, we gonna get in the 80s this season. It's we gonna get. We gonna, right? We gonna get. Uh, Mm -hmm. At Ronnie2K and at NBA2K. It's just funny to see him so truthful because... Remember, he said that he was ass, right? Earlier this year, when we talk about Miles Bridges not being on the all-rookie team, he came straight up and said, look, I'm not surprised. I was ass all season. That's not going to happen next year. Here he says, like, he's not arguing with the, th- with the fact that he's 76. He's saying, we're going to get into the 80s this season. We're going to do some work. We saw in Summer League where he's trying to, he looked a little bit slimmer, right? It's just funny to see Miles Bridges being so truthful. And of course, Kyle Kuzma is very truthful, where Miles Bridges... The picture that he puts up, the graphic of Miles Bridges' rating, it doesn't look all that flattering. Um, and then Kyle Kuzma. Well, yeah, so he's well. Let's let's describe it for the people okay, that you are not go better, watching right. our live show that that I may put up on Patreon.com forward slash loh uh, with all the shots of Hugo. But um, yeah, so he's kind of hunched over a little bit. They've caught <laughs> him probably in some kind of mid celebration. He's got a little smirk on his face. He's looking off to the left. Uh, I don't know what it looks like. He's holding something in his hand. It looks like he's holding like a potato chip or maybe a post-it note in his hand. I don't know. It's or maybe it's that a is, scary face though. Or that's well, the, I mean, that's the, the court. Yeah, but the face is very odd. It's like what is he thinking there? What is he doing there? Because he's kind of hunched over a little bit. And then uh, Kuz comes in. His and, and I think they're friends, Kyle Kuzma and Miles Bridges. But I Kuz, hope so. but listen, Kuz will. That's the thing about Kyle Kuzma and Miles Bridges. They're very active on social media, and they'll call anyone out about anything. But Kuz comes in and says, you look like you're about to fart. (laughs) It's so right. (laughs) He's so right about that. And the face, it looks like he's straining. He looks like he's trying to hold something in, Miles Bridges does, where you mention him 
closing his fist where it looks like he's straining to try to hold something in. The face looks like there's a little unsettling feeling going on within his body. And I think Coos nailed it with that tweet. Maybe, but uh, he's smiling. And I don't I don't know who smiles. No, nah, I don't think right he's smiling. Before. We, we no, see no, that. There's a smirk on his. I mean, judge for yourself. Go to Twitter. I'll put the link in the show notes if you're listening along. But I got the picture up right now. Judge for yourself. That looks like a smile to me. Um, a full teeth smile. And I don't know, listen, if you can full teeth smile right before you fart, that's, I mean, honestly, you should take that on the road. That's a, that's an act because when your body is about to go through that, it's usually, I mean, there's some straining going on and straining and smiling don't normally work together. Now I smile a lot after I fart because I know Mm -hmm. the ramifications uh, of what has, uh, uh, what has occurred and what will occur. And, and sometimes that pleases me. And so I smile. But I don't, I don't know if I've ever smiled pre-fart. Pre-fart smiles seem like a rare thing to me. No, I don't think they're all that rare. I, I disagree that Miles Bridges is full-on teeth smiling. Like, I don't think he's cutting the cheese, but he's not full-on cheesing. I mean, this is something a little different than what I see that you're seeing here. But I do think that a lot of pre-smiling farts actually do happen because you know what's coming and you know, especially if you know it's going to be good, there's going to be a lot of laughter that you're not going to be able to hold in as well as your gas. Not that close. See, that's what the Coos is insinuating that he is very close to farting. And what I'm telling you, yes, I agree that you can smile if you know it's about to come, but that close, when you're like in the process of, of <laughs> releasing gas, I just don't think it's, it's sort of like, what's the thing you can't, you can't sneeze and fart at the same time, or you can't lick your elbow. It's just something like you can't, there's, there's things you can't do at the same time and smile and fart, I think are one of them. God bless the companies that support our show when we talk about things like this. So it's you important. This is an important conversation. You should support the companies that support our show, like Bombas. Bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S, are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Plus, for every Bombas purchase, they donate a pair to someone in need. Find out more about what feet daydream about at bombas.com slash locked today and get 20% off at bombas.com. Again, bombas.com slash locked. Jeff Clark, CEO of Celtics Blog, joined at the Hives, Jonathan DeLong, for a discussion on Terry Rozier. Jonathan DeLong joined us for DeLong Division a long time ago. I'd like <laughs> yeah, to have him so back good. to talk we about do that some again. stats. Yeah, we do have to do that again. Um, and he, so he joined Jonathan DeLong, and Jack Clark said about Terry Rozier, quote, he's a shooter. That's his game. He's not a distributor. He doesn't turn the ball over a ton. His game is shooting, and his feel for passing is average at best. The playoff run was fueled a lot by Al Horford taking on a big portion of initiating the offense from the high post. He would also go on to say, the goal in Charlotte should be to put him in the right position to succeed. That means surrounding him with spacing and good passers and getting him the ball in good position to make a play. Doug, does it concern you at all that we're having to do a lot for our point guard rather than our point guard doing a lot for everybody else? Because Kimball Walker seemed to be doing a lot for everybody else on the floor, right? But it seems like a lot of the other players on the floor are having to do a lot for Terry Rozier. I I think that you can put him in a position to succeed, but just your overall thoughts on the point guard having everybody cater to him rather than the other way around. Well, I think it's really interesting, right? You should go read the entire article. I'll put a link in the show notes to this as well because it's Jeff Clark, somebody who has watched Terry Rozier evolve and change with uh, the Celtics, uh, very closely, and so he offers some of that insider 
look that that we really need because Terry Rozier at this point is a kind of a mystery. Like we've talked about it, which Terry Rozier will the Charlotte Hornets be getting or will they be getting a completely new Terry Rozier that we haven't seen before? And and I think d- distribution will be part of that. Uh, will he, you know, just continue to be shooter only, not interested in making plays for other people? If that's the case, Walker, then I think anyone who thinks that Nick Batum is not going to play, you know, significant minutes for this team is dead wrong because you have to, as Jeff said, you've got to surround Terry if you want him to be successful with players that can not only distribute for Terry, like players distributed for Kemba Walker, but you've got to have playmakers for everyone else as well because I don't think Terry's going to be that interested in running like pick and roll with Cody Zeller. I mean, we're going to see a lot of ISO T. Yeah, I wonder how good of a passing team is around Terry Rozier. So if you go down the list of guys that are going to get a lot of minutes, uh, Miles Bridges is somebody that instantly comes to mind because I think it's certainly a big year for him. It's your first round pick from a year ago. I think Miles Bridges actually has some pretty decent vision. I think he's shown some passing. I don't know if I would say that's a strength for Miles, but there's some vision there. I don't know about Dwayne Bacon. I don't feel like Dwayne Bacon has great vision. <laughs> I don't think that's somebody that you look at and say, yeah, that's a guy that I want facilitating anything. I would say, in fact, Dwayne Bacon, if I'm thinking about all the guys that would get a lot of run, Dwayne Bacon's probably the worst passer of everybody that I'm that's come to my mind. Mm-hmm. I think Malik Monk, you know how I feel about Malik Monk's I think Malik's a good passer. I think he is a good passer. I, I love Malik Monk's dimes. I do think Nick Batum, he turns, he's got the bonehead turnovers, of course, but Nick Batum is a good passer in the league. Marvin Williams, I think, is a smart passer. I don't think there's anything crazy that he does, but I think he's a smart passer. Devontae Dwayne Graham, Bacon is, Devontae Graham, good passer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Devontae Graham is a good passer. So there are a lot of good passers, I would say, outside of Dwayne Bacon, but you know, you got one out there getting a lot of minutes, then everybody else is fine. So I, I think you can put... Terry Rozier in a position to be successful it's just you have to wonder you're talking about how successful do you want to be right this is a season where you want to get a high draft pick and so okay do you want to put Nick Batum out there for Terry Rozier to be successful but also he's a player that would probably help them win a little bit more or do you want to start to develop some of these younger guys and throw in you know, have Nick Batum sit the bench and have younger players play. You get what I'm saying here. It, it's it's do how successful do you want to be? And is it all in on making your 18 million dollar a year guy work? Or is it how does this team develop to try to contend in a couple of years? The one thing that interested me most about this Clark quote was the stuff about Al Horford and how essential Al Horford was to the Boston Celtics. We, uh, we know that Al Horford is a great passer and he's also a good three-point shooter, but creating out of that high post position, that's just not something we've seen the Hornets do in general. And it's not something certainly that we've seen Cody Zeller do a lot of. Cody Zeller's a rim runner. You know, he's mm-hmm. going to set your pick uh, above the yeah, three-point line. Yeah, he's not a great passer either, he, right? No, and then he's going to crash. He's fine. He's going to crash down uh, uh, to the paint at that point. He's not create he doesn't he, I think he's a fine passer but vision I mean to me vision no, no passing, I'm, I'm totally with you yeah those yeah, are two I'm different totally things right he's not looking for for plays to happen he's not looking for cutters that kind of thing so that's going to be new for Terry as well he, uh, he's going to have to figure out how he best works with the pieces that Charlotte is going to offer him also wonder if maybe as the season goes on then Hernan Gomez becomes a better fit for Terry in his game than Cody Zeller would be yeah, I'd be interested to see just how 
the Charlotte Hornets start to attack that as well as how who Terry Rozier starts to play with and it, it, it's a it is interesting to see Al Horford was the guy facilitating that offense and also just kind of thinking this from a Boston Celtics standpoint you know you lose a guy with a really high IQ and Al Horford but you get Kemba Walker you know I think that certainly helps it's also funny to me Al Horford has become everybody's favorite underrated player I, I feel like Mike Conley used to be everybody's favorite underrated player to the point where he wasn't underrated anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was Tony Parker once upon a time before. Still people hasn't made an All Star game though, right? Like Con- I, I know, so, I, I know. Mean, I think he's still probably but, underrated. <laughs> Who are you going to vote him over though? You know, I mean, it's it's not going to be over Dame. It's not going to be over Steph. It's not going to be over James Harden. It wasn't ever going to be over Chris Paul, right? Like he's probably the best non-all-star and people feel the same way. It's just funny. I feel like Al Horford has become that guy as we've evolved as well. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Some moves made by the Charlotte Hornets about a couple of rookies. We'll talk about it next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Charlotte. How strong is an ox? Are we? I think we're overrating the ox. Uh, we are I, not overrating the I ox. Need to see, I need mm. to see some medicals on the ox. Yeah, why don't you do the research on that? You put your lab glasses on. You take a look at it. You can I wonder if there's mind. anything on the internet. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Hornets making some moves this week. Caleb Martin joins the Hornets as an undrafted free agent. Have him on a guaranteed deal. Two years. It's going to be one of the highest paid guaranteed deals among second rounders that have signed with their teams. I think Bruno Fernando is ahead of Caleb Martin. And you also have Carson Edwards with the Boston Celtics. And this is all Bobby Marks tweeting this so out. Caleb, so Caleb, Caleb, not Caleb, excuse me. I should say Cody is this. I'm okay, sorry. I almost I had a heart. I just want you to know. I almost had no, a heart attack. I apologize. I, 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 I already farted. switched up my Martin twins. You almost, I could see it in your face. I, I, I thought Co- I switched it up. I already mixed mixed up the twins already. That was Cody Martin. Caleb Martin joins the Hornets as an undrafted free agent. Cody Martin signed a guaranteed contract that is the third most among second rounders that were selected in this past draft. Let's talk about Caleb, the undrafted free agent. This guy averaged 19.2 points per game, 5.1 rebounds, 2.8 assists. He did it in just over 34 minutes a game as a senior last year. He's 6'7 forward. We all know he was named to the 2018-19 all MWC first team as well as Wick. the all defensive team, Mountain West, Mountain Wick. West Conference all defensive team. Uh, Martin led all conference players in three point field goals, 107. He led all Mountain West conference players in steals at 49 last year. Wick. Uh, he was named the Wick player of the year as a junior. <laughs> yeah. He averaged just under 19 points, five and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, 1.3 steals in just over 33 minutes per game as a junior. He led the conference in total points, 680, and ranked second in three point field goals, 100 in his junior season. So just in terms of stats, like Caleb was the better the better twin. Absolutely. Now, Cody Martin, I believe, was the Mwick defensive player of the year in the conference last season. And I'll tell Offensively, you, I'll, Caleb was certainly better. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. Caleb believes that he is a good defensive player. He came into the Hornets workout and said, you know, he was there to show that he, was a, he is a mature player and that he's a player that despite him being known as a scorer, that he can actually play defense as well. And, I mean, clearly the Hornets saw something they liked because – yeah, he signed a deal. 
The twins do have a very interesting story. They're from Davie County. They both are North Carolina natives, Davie County, North Carolina. They played two seasons at NC State. I actually got to play them. They didn't play, but they were very young when I played a little bit of AU basketball. It's funny. We played against Davie County. We actually had a high school scrimmage against Davie County. And then in a separate occasion playing AU, they were rising freshmen, I believe. They did not play. But I was playing with a, a AU team in Newton, the, the Newton Conover area in North Carolina. And it was funny to see them afterwards already dunking it as rising freshmen in high school. But I, again, now I guess I didn't you, play the against The question them. is that everyone wants to know right now is could you dunk it at that time? Uh, as a freshman or at the time I saw them? At the I time dunk you saw it. them, were you like, were you jealous of their dunking abilities or? Well, they could certainly dunk better than I could. I could dunk, but they could certainly dunk better than I could even then. So me being a senior, them being freshmen, because remember, these are, these guys are older players coming out of college because they mm-hmm. did have to transfer. They had to go through those rules yeah, where yeah. they go to NC State a couple of years, sit out, then play two years at Nevada. So they're a little bit older. Um, Is it Nevada yes, or I, Nevada? I go Nevada. I think it's Nevada. You can do whatever you want. I'm going Nevada. You clearly wanted none of that conversation. Get away. (laughs) Get out of my face. Moving on. Get get your jewels out of my face. So Nevada (laughs) is the way I'm going to go. And remember, these are older college basketball players, but they were impressive when they were younger. And uh, it was just interesting. It's cool to see them. The cool story about them is that they grew up in, and there was a E60, I think, piece on them where they grew up in what was considered to be a very racist city, a very racist part of North Carolina. They grew up very poor. I believe they have maybe a couple of other brothers, if I'm not mistaken, but they certainly shared a room and they talked about some of the living conditions that they had to live under. It was a single mom and their single mom did everything that she possibly could to help them be successful and the martin twins are very close with their mother and it was just a very cool story to see them be able to rise out of that and for both of these guys not only to be in the nba but to be on the same team and to be on the same team in the state they grew up in it's just extremely cool story so regardless of how you feel about their prospect it's just awesome and i would highly advise everybody to go check that out i think it's an e60 piece i'm not mistaken I could be wrong about that, but everybody should go check out the Martin twin story and see exactly what they had to live through. Uh, extremely heartwarming stuff, Walker. But anyway, so what is Caleb Martin's deal? Like what's the, uh, what are the numbers? That's what I want to know. Give me the numbers. What will I, I gave you the numbers on Caleb Martin. No, do I don't care about Cody the stats. What, what are the deal? What do we have anything on, on what his contract specifics are? Is it a two way deal? Oh, it's a it's an exhibit 10 contract. So basically what that is, I think he's going to get over 50,000. It's an exhibit 10 contract, which means that it's basically a training camp invite. If they don't want to put him on a two way contract or the active roster, then they can let him go and he can be an unrestricted free agent. But if they do decide to bring him in via a two way contract, then possibly that would be somebody that they would rather they, they look. Cody's guaranteed, right? We know Cody's going to be on the roster. He was a second round draft pick. Caleb, will we'll either be on the team via two-way or on the active roster, but I highly doubt it. So essentially, you have Joe Cheely, Jalen McDaniels, Caleb Martin. They're all kind of fighting for a couple of those spots that the Hornets have to get uh, to give, and you have to wonder if this is all a two-way contract battle and maybe McDaniels gets the active or if they go after a veteran, right? Like I know people are interested in Vince Carter, bringing him back to the state of North Carolina. It'll it'll be interesting to see what the Hornets do, but essentially that's what Caleb Martin is battling for. Cody's good. 
Cody's Cody's on the team. It's interesting the Exhibit Ten contract. You don't hear about the Exhibit Ten contract very much. Now the Exhibit contract, I believe, has a pimp your ride rider that turns your entire back seat of your car into a Nintendo Switch. The Didn't they exit. always mess that up? Wasn't that kind of fake? Like, weren't the cars always really <laughs> crappy afterwards? Who cares? Yeah, you, had, it was you had a goldfish in your backseat, but the car still wouldn't run all that. Now, well. See, here's the thing. You're so easily impressed that all they would have had to do is to pimp your ride is to find one of those iPhone holders and stick it in the backseat. You'd have been good to go. Uh, oh, they make those already. <laughs> and I'm impressed every time I get in an Uber and they've got that set up. And how about how about that contraption up there? You have a I three. Stop you have, at I it. bet you have a three star rating on Uber because you won't leave the driver alone about their iPhone holders. <laughs> Where'd you get that? <laughs> Can you get me one of those? Uh, sir, is you'll have to get out of here. Market? No, this isn't uh, my stop. I don't care. <laughs> I can't hear another word about this iPhone holder. Here, take the iPhone holder. Just get out of my car. Uh, earlier this week, Arnoldus Kuboka, Arnie, people's favorite. It, everybody's favorite. Everybody loves Arnie Kuboka, AK. Uh, we need. To, I wish his number. His number needs to be forty-seven. Even though I already know there's an AK forty-seven, but still, we, I'm sure we can steal that. Cool, bolt so, up. He's agreed to a deal to play in Spain for Bill Bal. I'm gonna try this, Bill Bal. Bilbo Baggins. Right, uh, right Bilbo right. We put a little, is that Italian? I don't know what I'm doing there, but he's playing for a team in Bilbao. He actually agreed uh, to a deal to play for them, so he's not coming over to the Charlotte Hornets. Of course, he was Damn. originally drafted by Charlotte 55th overall a couple of years ago and has impressed in both summer leagues. Look, as a 55th overall selection, I think a lot of people were impressed with what he did two seasons ago in summer league, right? I guess real time a year ago, two summer leagues ago. And then the one thing he needed to work on, we've talked about it a lot, bulking up, becoming strong. He did so away from the Hornets' eyes and their training program, and I think that has to bode well. And I really thought there might be a chance that he would play for the Charlotte Hornets this season. A really smart player. His stats actually improved this summer league, 8.8 points per game, 4.5 rebounds. And and he signs with Bill Bow, like I said, but you're hoping that they're able to bring him over because it seems like they actually did a good job of this drafting and stashing, and hopefully they can actually bring him back to the States and he can be a contributor for the Hornets. You got to like what he did in (laughs) summer league this year, Doug. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm reading up on the Bill Bow team. Uh, Bill Bow baskets uh, is, is what it's called here on the Wikipedia page. And I'm looking at the roster and Jaylon Brown plays for them. Not, and uh, he is the, the Missouri Valley conference uh, senior back in 2017 but what i was laughing about so it's jaylon brown with an o and literally on his wikipedia page this is <laughs> at the very top of his wikipedia get page, on with it Doc. it says not to not to be confused with jaylon brown <laughs> it's such a slight <laughs> to have on your own wikipedia page don't be confused this is the worst basketball player you're probably looking for the better basketball player. That guy is named Jalen Brown. He plays for the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> Move along here, folks. Nothing to see here. I want to talk real quickly. I don't know how much time we have, Doug, but I want to talk a little bit about David Griffin's comments with Sports Illustrated. Man, that really got you going. Uh, David Griffin. It's the little things. His, and it is. His comments with Sports Illustrated. David Griffin, and it's funny, I think now Adrian Wojnarowski is kind of mad because David Griffin said similar things on the Woj pod like a month ago, 
and it wasn't considered news. And of course, Woj wants the monopoly on breaking NBA news, and he just apparently doesn't have it with Sports Illustrated, this being a big story. But so they Sports Illustrated published a, sport, a story on Thursday. The annual challenge of building a title contender around LeBron James was too stressful. Those are the words from David Griffin, even if it did result in the championship in 2016. And I want to look at a couple of quotes here, Doug. So David Griffin says, quote, everything we did was so inorganic and unsustainable and frankly, not fun. I was miserable, Griffin said. Literally the moment we won the championship, I knew I was going to leave. There was no way I was going to stay away or stay for any amount of money. He said that also that uh, there wasn't a whole lot else for LeBron James to accomplish with Cleveland. And he also said, I don't think LeBron James was the same animal anymore about winning once he won a championship in Cleveland. Careful with that language. yeah, it's interesting, right? So so David Griffin also said that he didn't love the game anymore, being the general manager with the Cleveland Cavaliers. A lot of people were shocked to hear these comments from David Griffin, including some of his former colleagues at ESPN. I got to tell you, how I'm not sh- I'm not shocked at all. I don't even think that there are crazy shots at LeBron James. You know, maybe the one about him not having that same hunger to win anymore I I could see that that's kind of a shot at LeBron but this just seems a lot like self-reflection Doug remember a lot of people killed Tyron Lue for saying that he had the hardest job in the NBA coaching the Cleveland Cavaliers people destroyed him for that a lot of people brought up okay would you rather be James Borrego coaching a team like the Charlotte Hornets who are probably going to be last in this year's NBA are, are you are you, are you saying that the Phoenix Suns head coaching job isn't harder than yours? And people killed him for it. Ty Lue also appeared on NBA's uh, NBA TV's Open Court. He talked about how stressful that environment was, the pressure of having LeBron James on your team, where LeBron James obviously has a huge say in how the team should be built. He made Kobe Altman completely get rid of you know like five six different players just to bring on a a bunch of different players that were kind of of the same basketball value you know you you ship out an Amon Shumpert but you bring in a Jordan Clarkson and and everybody's like oh good job Kobe Altman well yeah he's just you know it's rearranging the deck on the Titanic right I mean there wasn't a whole lot of different basketball players you were bringing on and we killed Ty Lue for a lot of things that he said now here's David Griffin saying how miserable it was he said it was inorganic and unsustainable Doug, I can imagine being on a team that has LeBron James and there's some pride in maybe trading for a Kevin Love. I wouldn't say that was hard trading a number one prospect that was deemed one of the best we've seen in a while, Andrew Wiggins. I would do that deal as well if I'm Minnesota. I don't know if it was hard to get that deal done, but I could see how somebody would want his fingerprints even more so on the organization building through the draft, finding smart pieces here and there to where, okay, I want a championship, but I was able to build this from the ground up. And LeBron James and David Griffin, they seemed like they had a really good relationship. But to me, this doesn't mean that he's taking shots at LeBron James. It just seems like a moment of self-reflection, the type of stress that it took where only winning a championship was important. And even then, after we won it, it was more relief than actually finding any type of joy in that. And I don't know what the big deal is about David Griffin sharing these comments and everyone killing him for it, saying it was not a smart move on his part. Well, because we pretend that these megastars don't have this kind of... I don't know why. I don't know if it makes us feel better 
or if it makes the megastar feel better or if it makes the GM feel better. I don't know who's feeling better about it, but we pretend like the LeBron Jameses of the world don't have major impact on the roster moves, even though anyone with eyeballs, ears on a head that isn't halfway up LeBron's rant knows that LeBron is like running that operation. He's running the shop because if he doesn't get to run the shop, that he runs away. And, and, and I, you know, there, there have been other people, other pundits that have said this and then other like quote unquote unquote respectable people would go on ESPN and say, no, that's, I know David Griffin and David Griffin is respected in this league and he's making the decisions and now he's going to New Orleans and he's going to make the decisions there too. It's like, no, no, he's not. No, he's not. No, because there, if, if there are major players and if, if Zion truly becomes Zion, then he'll make the decisions and David Griffin will have to find somewhere else to work. Well, and, and it's the smart play, right? Like you do whatever you can to keep LeBron James. Nobody's blaming. I, look, if you're LeBron James, yeah, I, I would love to have the power in order to try to select all the players that I want to play for the team I play for as well. It's just also another thing I, I think that t- you take away from this is remember Dan Gilbert was the guy that was blamed a lot for David Griffin leaving because Dan Gilbert just didn't want to pay David Griffin. This seems to combat that a little bit when David Griffin says, as soon as we won the championship, I knew I was going to leave and I'm not defending Dan Gilbert because he's a terrible owner and we have plenty of evidence to demonstrate as such. But you know, David Griffin saying, I knew I was going to leave. And yet here we were criticizing Dan Gilbert for saying, well, he's the reason Griffin left because he just wasn't going to pay him. Well, I think James. Both, both of those things could probably be true. Like, Dan, sure. you know, if you're Dan, you're thinking, I, I'm not going to pay you anymore. You're not running the team. Sure, sure, right. And I hear that. It's just you you hear LeBron James at that time stand up for David Griffin, say that he should absolutely get the extension to be the general manager here, but it's because they had a good enough relationship. And probably, look, it was smart for David Griffin if LeBron James truly did, and I, I suspect he did as well, but just for the sake of not saying 100% that he did, if LeBron James truly had a firm grip on every single basketball operation move that was made, then that's the smart way to do it because you want to make LeBron James happy. Now, apparently Pat Riley didn't let him do it, and that's why he left Miami and there was some hard right. feelings there as soon as he did it that, you know, you hear Levitard talk about it all the time. Pat Riley didn't put up with it, but you know, Griffin did. And I'm sure that did make LeBron James like him a little bit. More. The reason that David Griffin is stressed, it has nothing to do with uh, a LeBron James. It's the fact that David Griffin feels like he can make great decisions for a basketball team. And he doesn't like to be in a position where he cannot make the decisions that he wants to make. That's why he's stressed out. That's why all mm-hmm. these teams should just hire me because I would love to sit in an office all day, do nothing, and and receive. I don't care. I don't want any credit. I don't. I just want to collect the check. It's just like my NBA 2K create a player. I just want to sit on the bench. I want to watch the action happen. And you know, if if something goes wrong, you can blame me. If something goes right, you can praise LeBron. That's fine as long as I can sign my name on the back of the check and deposit it in the bank. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Hornets. Uh, It's taken a little 
while for us to try to get everything situated. I feel about I, I feel we're in a good place right now with this podcast. I, I said it before and I'll say it again. I'm excited about some of the projects we have coming up. Uh, I promise we're going to watch that classic game that I said we were going to last week. We finally got some things figured out a little bit better, I think. So we will get to that at some point. Also for Patreon, you can subscribe to that patreon.com slash LOH. It's just a dollar a month. It's nothing. So if you sign up for that, that money does go and towards making the show better towards, and we're going towards to buying do that. Walker um, <laughs> multiple iPhone holders. It, it, it goes. I'm going to have all the iPhone holders. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put them up all throughout my apartment so I never have to hold my iPhone again. We're also going to do what is a Hornet show and tell for Patreon. I'm excited about some of the sports memorabilia that I came across when I was moving into my new apartment. We're going to try to put that on Patreon as well. I'm excited about some of the stuff and it does seem like we are getting to a place where we're more comfortable doing this from Tennessee and North Carolina. So I appreciate you guys bearing with us and hopefully we can give you guys some of that content as we go on. Thanks again for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Again, we're a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Jaylon Brown.